Hello and welcome to the That's a Good Point podcast. We hope you are prepared to be both educated and entertained. Or edutained! <laughs> On our podcast, we rank a list of items for you while making good points, or great points we should say. Well, we use a method we like to call the matrix. Sometimes we refer to it as a prioritizing grid. Well done. Where each of our items will face off against each other in one-on-one, head-to-head matchups. Mano-y-mano? Mano-y-mano. And the item that has the most victories at the end will be our winner. And we do have a tie-breaking system. If we get to it and need to explain it, we will. Otherwise, don't we worry won't. about it. Don't worry about it. Trust us. Trust us. Trust us. We're experts. Uh, when we're done, we encourage you to let us know how we did via social media. We are on the Twitter and Instagram. At, that's a good point one. Point! No T at the end of point. It's P-O-I-N-1, number one. And by the way, this is Dion here with... John. And Irv. Uh, today on our show, we are going to be ranking 1980s video arcade games. So we got specific here, but the arcade uh, is a staple... Starting in the late 1970s, I read an article earlier just today, actually, about the golden age of the video arcade. Started, it was 78 to 85. So we had to get back and get the time machine out for this one. We do. And go back and visit the 80s. Yep. It ended, actually, the year Back to the Future came out. Coincidence? The golden. Now, arcades were around well under the 90s. I remember going to arcades in college. So, Irv, you're younger than us. Did you go to video game arcades? you remember at any point going to There was kind of like little... uh, I'll put it this way. Not in the traditional sense. There were places that might have a handful of the arcade, you know, machines. But it wasn't like the full-fledged room or building that was dedicated to that. Like, I can remember... I want to call it, it was called like Farley's or something growing up there in Des Moines. And it was, it had all the arcade games, but it also had like the, um, in the back, it was almost kind of what reminds me of like, um, oh, there's the big, like the ball pits for the, the kids to run oh, around sure, in yeah. and the like jungle gym type stuff. Yeah. And I forget what kind of place it, I want to say it was called Farley's, but it's, it, I maybe I'm misremembering it, but I remember a little Caesar's pizza being attached to it and. Anyway, that's beside the point. There was arcade games there. It just was not what I envisioned the traditional ones. You would have loved the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was fantastic. We had Aladdin's Castle. That was the one that I remember in the mall. Yep. It was uh, where everyone wanted to have their birthday parties. Yeah. And did you ever have a birthday party there? I didn't, but I think my brother had one, so I okay. kind of tagged along for that and took tokens. I'm pretty sure I never had one there, but I remember going to a couple. And of I went to a bunch of them, I think. There. And that was the other cool thing, like you know, video games back. It cost a quarter to play them, uh, but Aladdin's Castle. I remember you could get tokens. Yeah, you put your buck in the machine, buck, and, and you got the tokens. Quarters, out. they were they were tokens, and so then you would you would do that. And Irv, you said this, but you know, not everything was in arcade, but. If you didn't go to an arcade, you probably remember maybe the local bar a lot of times had a couple stand-up video games. And so I, I remember... Pizza Places. Yep. Happy Joe's, Pizza, Pizza Hut. Hut. I mean, really, a lot of restaurants had those just to entertain the kids while sure. the parents were waiting for the food. Uh, so anyway, we are focusing on the 1980s because that's right in the wheelhouse of this golden age. Um, and... Space Invaders and Asteroids, two of the very early ones, made their debuts in 78 and 79, respectively, so they didn't make the cut. Some classics that I love, NBA Jam. It's actually from the 90s. 
uh, WWF back then, now WWE, had a couple different versions of games that were super fun, but their best games came out in the 90s. Uh, doing some research, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and it was one of the, was, to me, is the first game I remember that four people could play at one time. You could, four people would go around and had a bigger screen, it was a little wider machine. And it says, when I looked it up, that the first version came out in 1989, but we hmm. kind of ruled out because I think it was really the 90s before the big machines came out. And That was fun because you could each be the different Ninja yeah. Turtles, and I always wanted to be Michelangelo. I think he had... Uh, were his he, weapons the... His were, Michelangelo were the, the things with the chain in the middle of the... the nunchucks. nunchucks. Is that what nunchucks are? Nun okay, and then yep. Raphael's were like the... The knives... I don't know what they're called. Yeah, the, but Fancy they have like the three-pronged deal, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. main yep. knife, and then Donald like the had the stick, Donatello and then staff. Leonardo had the sword. The sword. Yeah, I always wanted to be Donatello, so... You, you were kind of the nerdy one, so I mean, yeah. that makes sense. So. Irv, Irv, who was your go-to? Uh, Raphael. But he's hey, we we, we got pretty much he's the one that flies off the handle all the time. So I mean, that we got to find sense. a Leonardo, and we're good to go. Yeah, yeah. We, the three of us need to find a Leonardo. Yeah. And we got ourselves a group here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> also, we need to find ourselves a, an April. Yeah, April. <laughs> <laughs> <Whole deal. laughs> we're taking applications. Yeah, that's a good point. One point. <laughs> and if we're the old guys, who's our splinter? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> By the way, I did find Barley's family fun. It was a place on Grand and Valley Junction. The original Farley's was on Euclid Ave across from the street from Old Target by the Des Moines River in the early 90s. So, okay. so you remembered correctly. Yeah. Nice work. Yep. So anyway, not to detract from what we are doing. No, that didn't yeah, detract Talking about that, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that, that adds. We, we get it. So some of the 1980s classic games that uh, we loved or I loved, and they were cut. Uh, we cut from the list. Cubert, you guys... Cubert fans. I like Cubert. I, like I had Cubert on my uh, Atari twenty six hundred. Sure. Uh, by the, and by the way, we did research this. We went to Updown. 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 It's in the East Village. They have a ton of video games. I played Cubert there quite a bit that night that we went. It's a great place. Just kind of mm -hmm. your classic eighties nineties arcade. Yeah. Um, in the middle of the early twenty twenties. Yep. Uh, Tapper. That game was cut. Remember they had they had that one there. Punch Out. I like Punch Out a lot. I remember Punch Out more from having a Nintendo, yep. my own Nintendo Entertainment System, which yep. that would have been probably late '80s that I got one. But I still have one. Yeah, still, it still works. <laughs> well, we still have one too, but I don't think we have the Punch Out games. So. I don't have. The, I should just buy the Punch Out game. I'm sure I can get it out yeah. there. Well, and also, isn't there the little mini Nintendos that exist now? Like right. You get, cause I think Mike Rogers has one. It's got all the like. It's a hundred games come on this one. Oh sure. Yeah, on the console. You don't have to like blow air into the cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> to get it to work. Oh, that classic. I guess. Uh, Double Dragon, probably one of my favorites, mm -hmm. came out in '87. It it had a lot of firsts. It was one of the first games that the screen would just you just keep sliding through a different scene throughout the whole game. Um, I, there was a name for it when I looked that up, and I remember what it was. You could pick up weapons and things if other the enemies dropped them and use them to attack people. What I really liked about this is you could play it with someone else. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, hence the double. And if you ran out of lives and they were still playing, get out a few quarters and throw them back in the machine. And then you could, you could get super far in that game. I, I loved Double sure. Dragon. Uh, pole Position, classic game. It is. Had the steering wheel on it, the shifter. Dig Dug is one of my favorites. Uh, Outrun, John. You said you were a big fan of Outrun. Yeah, I like that one. It's kind of your classic uh, 
car race game is set in like out in on the beach or something and then there's a map and you get to pick like what song you want to listen to while you play it like it's on your stereo and then you just kind of are racing against time and you hit checkpoints and get extra time added and as long as you got to the checkpoint you got to keep playing yep just keep on keeping on i thought that was always a lot of fun one of my favorites was rampage uh there was like three different animals one was like a king kong knockoff one was a godzilla knockoff and then there was i think a werewolf and you would go basically just punch these buildings until you knocked them all down and yep. meanwhile there were things shooting at you and flying at you that you had to i remember that a later version of that on like yeah. the nintendo 64 what i wasn't there a movie that came out rampage that was loosely based on the video game that sounds correct i don't know i feel like i'll take was. your word for it all right <laughs> it starred some famous actors so Look it up. Google it. You won't. Our list today in no particular order. He didn't. <laughs> Number one. Oh, he was talking to the audience, not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. Number one, Donkey Kong. Number two, Centipede. Number three, Pac-Man slash Ms. Pac-Man. This could have the Five Guys effect because we're throwing two games in there. Oh, here we go again. It's the same, the basic, old same, five guys same basic game here. Number four, Frogger. Number five, Mario Brothers. And number six, Track and Field. So, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was created in 1981. And it was really the debut of two iconic characters in the video game world. Donkey Kong and Mario. Because Mario is the little dude that's running around, jumping over barrels and hammering down oil drums. And he wasn't actually, he was called Jumpman when it originally came out, but it became Mario, and we know where that went. Right. Um, we'll talk more about that later. Um, it was a Nintendo creation, so a Japanese video game, and... Wasn't Nintendo's kind of their first foray yes. into North American video yep. games, and it kind of made their name for them? Because they were competing, I mean, Atari was the big name at right. the time. Yep. Um, and... According to the list I found, it was the second highest selling arcade game, like units of the actual arcade game um, in the 1980s. The physical machine. Yep. So the whole premise of Donkey Kong, you're trying to save Pauline. Oh, I didn't know that was her name. I found her name. I didn't either. Nice. It's kind of like the princess in uh, Super Mario Brothers. Princess Peach. Yeah. Um, and you just work your way through different worlds, jumping over obstacles and things, and trying to take down this giant gorilla. You can jump up and grab that hammer. I yep. always like that. But then you could never go up the ladders when no, you had you had to wait yeah. for the hammer to disappear yeah. before you could go up. So that's Donkey Kong. That's Donkey Kong, and it's going to take on Centipede. So Centipede, also 1981. Is this me? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, that was an Atari game. I remember it most being, because I never had Centipede on a Atari or anything like that, because you needed the tracker ball. Yeah, that's what I remember the most about it, was the cool tracker ball. It was so cool. Yeah. And I remember that being in Pizza Huts all the time. Um, so the track ball, you had to kind of move it around, and it was a shooting game. You're trying to take out this centipede, and every time you hit a piece of the centipede, it turns into a mushroom, and you got these spiders and other things at you, yeah. coming at you. So the whole goal is just to... Destroy the centipede, rack up as many points as you can while you're maneuvering around with a trackball, which is pretty yeah. cool. That trackball is definitely not COVID friendly. <laughs> no. Uh, I remember, like you said, mentioned, I remember at a pizza place and there sometimes being some pizza on it. And 
sure. get someone else's pizza on your hands. So. Yeah, I can't imagine germaphobes liking the game Centipede. Probably not any of these games because you go. Yeah, and but there, there were there were germaphobes prior to COVID. Now there's right. even more. But right. yeah, there's a lot of wiping down of knobs and buttons and. <laughs> yep. So the first matchup is going to be Donkey Kong versus Centipede. I will lead us off, and you know, the uniqueness of Centipede and the the rollerball was it was it a specific uh, name? Is it a technical uh, name? I before? found the word trackball. Trackball. The, <coughs> the, the trackball. Um, and that's unique, but I just have more fun playing Donkey Kong. Uh, I know people in high school, they had their own Donkey Kong machine in their, in their house, and so played quite a bit of it. And so my vote here is going to go to Donkey Kong. I am going to go with Donkey Kong. I think it's the more iconic game. Um, anyone that grew up in the 80s has Probably played Donkey Kong unless they were living under a rock. I would say so. Give it sweet for all the reasons you guys said. Excellent. I feel like with Irv, we might be able to coerce them on some of these. That's a little true. Bit. Yeah. Well, I've played at least a majority of these, and uh, enough that I've got some of my own opinions formed. What will be interesting is to see if you can talk me into voting for the ones that I haven't played as much into oh, vote, yeah. going yeah. somewhere different. Very nice. That's a good point. Thank you. Great name for a podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next up, John, the Donkey Kong is going to take on Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man. Pac-Man was released in 1980, so it just barely made our list. Ooh, close one. Um, it, Namco was the name of the company that did it, and that, this may have been, this, this is obviously their top seller. Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man, if you look at units sold when you talk about machines and then quarters placed into the machine, are ranked number one and number two all time. I believe that. And Donkey Kong's right up there. So these are the, you know, two slash three of the heavy hitters. Did you have an Atari? Uh, I did not, but uh, I had friends that did. So. Yeah. Uh, the original name for Pac-Man was actually Puck-Man out of Japan, but for when they released it in North America, they were worried about defacement of the machines because you could probably change oh, yeah. that P to something else and it would say something else, so they changed the name to Pac-Man. Um, Interesting. Huh. Ms. Pac-Man released in 82. Um, and if you're not familiar with Pac-Man, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. It's that was my favorite game on my Atari was by far Pac-Man. Yeah. Um, I remember the OP, the other place in Waverly, had the sit-down Ms. Pac-Man machine and just playing a ton of that. and Fun game. And so There John, was even a Saturday morning cartoon Pac-Man. There was. It was on in like 82, 83, 84. Yeah. Yep. And there, there, and there was a lot of different versions of this. I think there was a baby Pac-Man. I think there was yep. one where you play as teams. Or what was the place we went and we sat down? You mentioned earlier. The operating the room. The operating room. And it was like a four-person Pac-Man yep. game. We were yep. all going around the screen at the same time. So still around. Uh, but John, you lead us off. Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. Two heavy hitters, if you will. They are heavy hitters. Um I think my hours of enjoyment... I had both of these on my Atari. I am going to go with the one that I played the most, and that would be Pac-Man. I think I got more hours of enjoyment out of Pac-Man than Donkey Kong. I and it, I think this is going to be different from the arcade, so I don't. this may or may not even be relevant to our discussion. You could pick different levels on the Atari to switch it up a little bit and oh, make okay. it a little more difficult yeah. or a little easier. 
Um, that would make it more fun. So I think that's why I liked it. Donkey Kong was pretty much one level all the time. Yeah. So there were like different options you had, but that's not really the arcade game part of it, I guess. Um, but I still like the little Pac-Man running around trying to, well, there was like a box you could eat in the middle of the screen. Yep. Uh, and it gave you extra points. Yes. And then Ms. Pac-Man, I remember, had, like, the pretzel and the apple and the cherry, yep. all those different things you'd yep. chase around, and they would give you yep. bonus points. Yes. So. Pac-Man. Uh, so, for me, I, I'm going to kind of share my thought process out loud as I'm stalling here trying to make a decision. On the one hand, I would say that I, too, would have played Pac-Man more often. Um, I think that uh, when I go to an arcade... It, whether it be up down operating room or there was one that was called Barcadium that I've been to it's no longer there I think uh, it's kind of near the Cordav area there um, Pac-Man would be the one I've put the most hours into playing as far as Donkey Kong though when I think about the I, how iconic those characters are John you mentioned this you know Jumpman or whatever that eventually became Mario or maybe you said that or was it John that said that, okay. John said that yeah. so when I think about Mario it's sort of like you know, Mario is to, you know, Nintendo and arcade games kind of what, like, Mickey Mouse is to just all of Disney. You know what That's I mean? That's true. Like, so That's I, a good point. Oh, very think, good point. I That's think about Mario as being, like, the face of arcade games, mm-hmm. along with Donkey Kong, but he's the bad guy, right? So, um, not in every game, but in that first one. So Let me throw a point in. Okay, sure. How many times have you seen something and you're like, oh, that's shaped like Pac-Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe not the face, but it's referenced a lot. And too. you know, is is it <coughs> Mario's credit or Pac-Man's fault that Nintendo became a bigger company than Namco? You know. What I no, mean? of course not. Again, these so are just if, the if Namco are, was a huge that company, are going would, through would my Pac-Man head. be the face of it? And yeah. Right. Um, but if our topic is best arcade game, yes, and it is, then I'm going to go with Pac-Man. Because it's the one I play the most at an arcade. Yeah. Got it. Um, Irv, you made some great points. Those are good points. Because Thank you. going into this, before you guys started talking, I would have had Pac-Man in a landslide, and I've gained a little respect for Donkey Kong. I'm still going to vote Pac-Man and give it the sweep. Sure. Good points. Two Thank sweeps you. to lead us off. Irv, you're going to lead us off. It's going to be Donkey Kong versus Frogger. Frogger. 1981 arcade game developed by Konami. Yep. Kon- Manufactured by Sega. Um, in North America, it was released by Sega slash Gremlin. Um, basically, you're a frog trying to make it across a busy road, navigating a hazardous river. John, if you'll recall, watching me try to play that, that <laughs> up-down, definitely struggled with that. I remember playing that, again, when I was younger. Yeah. Had not played it in several years, and oh boy, was I not good at that. You were a little rusty as well. In pop culture, as a reference to Frogger, I'm going to oh, reference yeah. Seinfeld. Oh, well, please um, do. The pizza, it was the pizzeria that was going to close down. They went there a lot as a kid. His high score was still on there. He wanted to keep it, so that way keep it plugged in. He wanted to try and get it across the road. And he was very confident in himself, and he made it, but then he got hung up on the curb, and the machine got destroyed. That's probably one of my top ten Seinfeld episodes. Yeah, it's a great, great that's episode. That's a great Seinfeld episode. Um... So, this is Donkey Kong vs. Frogger, correct? correct? Okay, so, um, again, my comment, I hadn't played it in years. The one I've played more at the arcade would be Donkey Kong. I'm going to go with Donkey Kong here. Sure. Um, I was never a huge fan of Frogger at the arcade, uh, but 
friends that had an Atari had the yep. Frogger, and I played a lot of this not on the video game machine, but on the, on friends' TVs, and that's more where I know Frogger from. But in terms of an arcade game, I think Donkey Kong's a better one. I know there's a lot of people out there that love Frogger. They put that up there as one of their top ones, but my vote's got to go with Donkey Kong. Quick side note on Frogger and uh, Seinfeld. We could do a Seinfeld podcast sometime. I think we should. <laughs> um, I think we should. Other things from that episode, one of the better minor characters, Slippery Pete. Yep. Yeah. And that's the same episode where Elaine takes the piece of collectible cake out of Peterman's fridge because she needs the sugar high. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, what a All great, the same episode. What a great episode. And Jerry's dating the the girl that always wants to finish his sentences. <laughs> nice. I'm going Frogger. Love that game. Going Frogger. All right. So we do have some competition here. Donkey Kong will still win that. But. All right. Next matchup is going to be Donkey Kong is going to take on Mario Brothers. I'm going to lead us off. Mario Brothers re- was released in 1983 by Nintendo. At this point, they'd become kind of a big thing. Mario was a famous character. Herb, you mentioned that. I mean, yep. he's the face of the franchise. This game, it's a bunch of plumbers running around the sewers of New York. You can be Mario or Luigi. And if you, this is, was unique in that if you wanted to play with a friend and be Mario and Luigi, you played at the same time. Yep. This was the kind of the first game where you had two guys, two people, sorry. I mean, the, the characters are guys, but two people playing at the same time. Sure. Um, you just had to defeat all the creatures to pass. You would hit the turtle would flip upside down you kick it off you'd have to there's some crab like things you had to hit twice and kick them off there's like some firefly things that bounce you had to kick there's that big pow button in the middle if you remember it but uh for me mario brothers was more my wheelhouse i was a much better mario brothers player than donkey kong they had a ton of similarities and so my vote here actually is going to go to mario brothers once again don't confuse this with Super Mario Brothers, right. which was the kind of the anchor game for the Nintendo. But my vote's going to go to Mario Brothers. So I haven't played a lot of just Mario Brothers in arcades. I am much more familiar with the Nintendo Super Mario Brothers um, series, if you will, because they had regular and two and three yep, and everything yeah. else. Um, but I, I played this one maybe a couple times, but not a ton. Um, so I'm going to go with Donkey Kong and create a tie for Earth. There we go. First time. Um, yeah, you guys made some good points there. Um, the similarities between them and everything. Um, but I got to go Mario Brothers here. So don't really have a, a strong point of why. I mean, it just, as Dion said, a little more my wheelhouse. So Excellent. All right. Last matchup for Donkey Kong. It is going to take on Track and Field. Okay, Track and Field. Let me get my notes here. Track and Field, uh, 1983 by Konami. Uh, let's see here. It was also known as, I didn't know this, so I started doing some research, Hyper Olympic is the other name for it, and it's what they called it in Japan and Europe. Oh. Okay. I remember. Japanese actually released a... Uh, official license for the 1984 Olympic Summer Olympics um, for this game or whatever. So anyway, yeah. I, um, that's kind of the the idea behind that. But what John, year did you say it came out again? 83. This in 83. Okay. I remember Konami Track and Field. So when you mentioned Konami earlier for the Frogger, right? That's how I remember that name mm-hmm. from that game. So John, I remember you playing this one went to Up Down, um, essentially competing a series of events. Um, it you know like the description here, you're pressing. Alternating pressing buttons. Um, 
Yeah, old. your hand can go numb playing this game. Yeah. Sure. I remember taking the comb. Yes. I, I, if you didn't bring up your trick, I was going to ask you to. Yeah, so you put the comb between you know the middle finger on top of the middle finger and then the other fingers on top of it, and you hit one side and the other side slams down, and you could max out the speed that way. And I remember I tried playing that night it up down, and I didn't have my comb. I forgot it. Oh, no. So <laughs> I could not get enough speed in the long jump. I just couldn't get past the long jump because I kept hitting the wrong angle. But I remember the angle didn't matter if you maxed out the speed, so it was hard to do. But, John, you lead us off on this one. It's going to be Donkey Kong, track and field. I remember, so this Cohen's track and field coming out coincided with the 84 Summer Olympics in L.A. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of, I had a Commodore 64 computer growing up, too, which was great for games. I had Summer Games, Summer Games 2, Gold Medal Games. I loved the sports Olympic type competition games um, where you could like pick a country. And this one isn't quite that level, Um, but it's still the same idea. And I've always enjoyed it. I can never get past the hurdles. It seems like. Yeah. So, but I'm still going to go with track and field. I'm going to go with Donkey Kong. All right. For these, uh, just enjoyment of playing these two games. Um, Donkey Kong, you kind of do the same thing over and over again. Climb the ladder, hit the barrels, jump the barrels, save the princess. And I know that some of the levels you get, you have to... What are those things you walk over and they disappear? Uh, Like a rivet, I think, is what they call them. But the different tricks and the different events and track and field. And once you kind of got the... The game down, and that was the great part about '80s arcade games. Is once you figured out kind of a pattern, the the challenge didn't change, yep. and so you could practice it and get better. And not, video games are, are like that. I mean, the more you play it, the better you're going to be. But these had like a specific pattern to it, and so I can remember events that if I had been playing this 30 years ago, I mean, I'd have cleared some of these levels pretty easy. And the other day, and we tried it. I couldn't, but I, I'm going to go track and field on this one, and that's going to give it the victory. So, we've now described each of these. So, if we're going to keep her moving around. Yeah, we're going to keep her moving around. If you have uh, things to add, obviously add on to the discussion here. But, Irv, you're going to lead us off. It is now Centipede versus Pac Man slash Ms. Pac Man. Um, Pac Man, the one easily I've most played. So, yeah, I agree. Pac Man, sweet. Make it a sweep. I'm going to lead us off. This is going to be Centipede versus Frogger. Um, I'm going to give the the nod here to Centipede. I just that game, the the track ball. Track ball. Track ball. Uh, the uniqueness of that, and never played a ton of Frogger and was never that great at it. So maybe this is just me being bitter that I was never good at Frogger. But I'm going to go Centipede here. I've always been a big Frogger fan. I'm going Frogger here. This comes down to just, I've played one at, at, at least a decent amount of times, and one I can't think of that I've even played maybe once, maybe twice, I don't know, but I, so i got to go with Frogger. That's what I've played the more. John, you're going to lead us off. This is going to be Centipede versus Mario Brothers. Uh, this is where I'm going to give the edge to the trackball on right. Centipede. I'm going to go with Mario Brothers here. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Mario Brothers, one of my favorites. Irving and Elias off this is going to be Centipede versus Track and Field. Um, I'm going to go Track and Field. Just the number of events. Yeah, I too will go Track and Field. How many events are there? Uh, 
Because I always get stuck, like I said, on hurdles. <laughs> Even at up down, I did the, the I mean the hundred meter dash is piece of cake. Uh, long, long jump, jump I did pass the long once jump. Get the angle down. Up down. Yep. And then I think hurdles is next. Here we go. Hundred meter dash, long jump, javelin throw, hundred and ten. Oh, javelin, I passed that. Hundred and ten meter hurdles, hammer throw, high jump. And that's it. I don't think I've ever seen the hammer throw or the high jump. I think I have done that, the <laughs> hammer throw, because you spin around with that thing. But uh, high jump, I don't remember doing high jump. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, um, who were they against? This was Centipede. Centipede track, track and field. field. Okay. That'll... I think I was first. I took, I took track and field. Oh, did I just go out of turn? No. Did I vote? Yeah. I would have put track and field, right? Yeah, so and this so didn't matter what it swept. Yeah. I don't remember I voting. I voted for track and field, right? I don't remember. I remember voting. All right. Interesting. All right. I'm gonna lead us off here. This is gonna be Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man versus Frogger. This one for me is an easy one. I go Pac-Man. This is a tough one for me. Because I do really like Frogger. Um mm-hmm. I think though. I'm going to go Pac-Man getting the nod based on the idea that it's kind of two games in one here. Yeah. The five guys effect. Five guys effect. Pac-Man. Pac-Man takes the sweep. Johnny, lead us off. This is going to be Pac-Man Ms. Pac-Man versus Mario Brothers. Pac-Man. These are kind of top two for me. Really, this is probably my toughest matchup of the night, but... As far as the one I've played more at, again, at the arcade, it's got to be Pac-Man. Yeah. I'm with you that these are probably my top two, but I'm going to also go Pac-Man there. Last matchup is going to be Pac-Man versus Track and Field, or if you lead us off. Pac-Man. Um, I just said Pac-Man and Mario Brothers are my two favorites, but Track and Field could could creep into my top two. Um, but I'm still going to vote Pac-Man here. I thought you were going to pull a D on. No, I'm still going to vote Pac-Man. I'm going Track and Field. Give right. it a vote. Give it a vote. Give it a point if we need it for the tiebreaker. All right, I'm going to lead us off. This is going to be Frogger versus Mario Brothers, and I will vote Mario Brothers. Frogger. Mario Brothers. And, John, you lead us off. This is Frogger versus Track and Field. Ooh. Now we've reached a woof. bit of a predicament. We've yeah. <laughs> we got a woof. Um, I think... In a mild upset, I'm going to go Frogger, and here's why. Okay. Like I said, I always get stuck in the same spot in track and field. That's so sometimes it's a very limited game-playing experience, right. and you kind of get frustrated. Right. Where Frogger, if you're patient, and you don't get in too big a hurry, I mean, you got to get in a hurry when the fast cars are coming. But <laughs> other than that, sometimes the, the trick with Frogger is to slow things down and not try to go too fast. And okay. take right. your time, plan it out. I think you can get a lot more bang for your buck with that quarter. So I'm going to go Frogger. Maybe that's was my problem in Frogger is I was just too impatient. And you can go backwards, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'll go Frogger as well. All right. I would vote track and field here, but Frogger will take the victory. All right, our last matchup, and Irv, you lead us off. This is going to be Mario Brothers versus track and field. Mario Brothers. I, too, would vote Mario Brothers here. Track and field. Track and field. All right. Let's do some tabulating. Um, so let's talk about where, Irv, you're a little on the younger side of the age range, 
the on my the older side home gaming systems that we've experienced in our thirty to four years alive. Okay. What are your go tos? Oh, go tos. I was saying, yeah, I what do you, you like? To list all the systems. No, no, no. Because I've had most of them. Yeah, we could do a list. That could well, be fun. I've had do it regular Nintendo. I didn't have Atari, so I've had okay. regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four, PlayStation one, PlayStation two, PlayStation three, the Nintendo Wii. Um, let's see here. Are there some that I'm missing here? And never had a Sega Genesis. Do you have a current? I just have a gaming PC. Okay. Um, my brother has a PS4, I believe. I think maybe both of my brothers do. So, yeah, those are my systems. But my go-to of all time, the one that I easily played the most, was the PlayStation 2. And I think there's probably numbers to reflect that. I think it's still the highest-selling console of all time. It was super popular. And it came out right there, and then they had, like, the PlayStation 2, and then they had the PS2, the slim version. And it was a little more affordable, and... Just tons and tons of hours spent on that because it was where video games were starting to really ramp up. Yeah, for sure. I started with the Atari 2600 back in the 80s. I said we had a Commodore 64 computer, and they were great for gaming. Like, they had the floppy disks, but you could make copies of them and just share them with people. Awesome stuff. Um, Nintendo, Super Nintendo... Then I probably didn't get anything else. Like, I played a lot of Sega Genesis in college, but it was never mine. It was friends that we had and all got together and played tournaments of the NCAA football game. So probably PlayStation then and PlayStation 2, and I haven't bought a gaming system since. I had a Nintendo Entertainment System in junior high, maybe. Late junior high, high school. Um, Got the Super Nintendo. Was that the next version? Yeah, that's where you got like the uh, Super Tech Mobile yeah. and things like that. I mean, they had Super Tech Mobile for regular Nintendo. So got the but... Super Nintendo in college, and then I had a Sega Dreamcast. Oh, the Dreamcast. When I first got married, and I remember that one was cool because that was kind of the first time you could you put the game in, you could make your own characters yep. and some yep. the sports games, and you could play like the the season long you just had to save it and go back to it well it seemed like that one changed the controller too because it started having the, the little triggers. more f- the triggers on the back yeah, yeah. like that changed things right I think instead that was of just kind of the, the first buttons yep. yep and then uh, my kids have had Xbox and Xbox one or three I don't know what. well yeah because it went Xbox then Xbox 360 uh, maybe they had 360 and now they have the one yeah which it's back to Xbox one which doesn't make a whole lot of sense but right. Sheldon Cooper goes off about that on some videos, so. I And on that one, I've played very little. I tried playing Fortnite one time, and I just hopped around and shot the ground a lot until I died. <laughs> and then I played some other game where you make food, and it's actually kind of fun. Sure. But not a... I'm definitely out of my league in home gaming systems. I, I, I sense... Unless it's the old Nintendo. We get one of these snow days coming up here. We're getting... Some gaming. Well, didn't we play the Super Nintendo? What was that? A spring break a few years ago. Oh, I had a Wii. I forgot. I, I played the Wii quite sure. a bit. Sure. Did I say that? I didn't say that. I don't think you said Wii. Wii bowling. I tell you, that's one of my yes, damn ones. I love like Wii bowling. Christmas time and Thanksgiving. Like whenever I'm home, we all play Wii bowling. Yep. Tennis, golf. We all get into that, and it is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. We're very competitive. The Wii is great. 
I guess I guess technically, I didn't have it. My mom and dad had a system they got in the mid seventies. So this is like one of the first home gaming systems. It was called like an Odyssey three thousand. Oh yeah. And basically, it was Pong. It was just like you're controlling these oh. paddles and this ball going back well, and forth. I know Pong. And it, and it, it had a dial. And on it. it had dials on it, and that's and how what's you. What's the moved other game that's similar? Is it called Super Breakout? Where it's you, your bars go along the bottom, and you're trying to hit all the bricks that are above yeah, it. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. But this was just dials on this console right on. that you used to make the things go back and forth. And I remember them hooking that up to the old TV every now and then when we were growing up. All right, what are the results? Results. All right, in sixth place was Centipede. And then we had a three-way tie. However, and, the, and all of them... Beat the other ones. This is the complicated tiebreaker method, folks. This is the complicated tiebreaker system. You go back and you use total votes. And this is where, John, you and I both threw in a few sympathy votes for old track and field here. We helped it out. We helped it out because in fifth place is going to be Frogger. In fourth place, Donkey Kong. And in third place, track and field. They all won the same amount of matchups, so there was a three-way tie. But it's going to be track and field, Donkey Kong. And that's funny because I even voted for Frogger ahead of track and field when right. it was my turn. Right. Huh. Interesting. Uh, second place is Mario Brothers and kind of the runaway winner. I don't think it ever didn't get a vote was Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man. So. Right on. Interesting. I'm happy with how this turned out. I, mean, I am too. It's a good list. It, actually, this might have been my... I might have moved Centipede ahead of Frogger. Otherwise, this probably would have been my order. Sure. Probably not mine. No. <laughs> yeah, you're a big Frogger fan. Uh, not as big the Mario Brothers fan. Right. It's time for a start one, sit one, cut one. But this week, it's going to be a special... Special edition. Special edition. A start two, sit two, cut two. Ooh. Is that legal? We just made it legal. We can do what we want. And if you don't like it... Get your own podcast. Here's why we did this. Uh, We're going with our video game, our arcade theme. One of our favorite arcade games is NBA Jam. Not on our list because it's from the 1990s. Was it 1993 that we figured out that's when this game started? That sounds about right. 1993. Um, And so there are just so many good combinations. And it kind of depended on what you liked playing with. There's some personal preferences in here. Not even on our list is Scotty Pippen and Horace Grant. Didn't even make our top six here. Um, Irv, tell your little story quick. You had an interesting tidbit there. So I I got a back... uh, I got a fact check. Start over. Words are hard. When you told us a story earlier, I totally believe it, though. So Okay. Sounds good to me. Sounds... Okay. What I remember reading... I I can pick my own facts. It's 2021. What I remember reading was... One of the developers or code people or whatever, someone that helped make NBA Jam was a huge Detroit Pistons fan. Sure. To the point where I don't know that he made the Pistons better than what they were, but he made the Bulls, Pippen and Grant in this particular case, worse, especially at the end of games. He went in and toyed with essentially their clutch gene, let's sure. call it. Yeah. And to where at the end of a game they were less likely to make a shot at the end of it. So, and those that maybe aren't familiar with the game, Michael Jordan was not even an option on the game. So, like the Pippen and Grant were the kind of the right. two stars at that at that point. So, we're taking NBA Jam teams, NBA Jam duos, and we're going to start to sit to cut to. And so, our duos are Stockton and Malone from the Jazz, 
Barkley and Marley from the Suns, Miller and Schrempf from the Pacers, Elijahwan and Maxwell from the Rockets, Hardaway and Mullen from the Warriors, and Wilkins and Ogman from the Hawks. Does anybody want to volunteer to go first with your reasoning? Or? I can go first. All right. Um, I'm going to... St- Normally I start with my cuts, but I'm actually going to start with my starts. You bet. I'm going to go with the Pacers. And you talk about personal preferences. I like Reggie Miller in that game. He can basically hit it from anywhere. Uh, of course, obviously all of their height, their stats are a little heightened um, in that game. Right. But I have Miller. Normally I actually played with McKee as my backup guy. Yeah. But Shrimp obviously being the, the probably the better number two there. But it didn't matter for me. I was always just going to probably shoot with Reggie Miller. <laughs> and it, it just seemed like it didn't matter, especially when you're controlling both guys. My number two of my starts would be Olajuwon and Maxwell. That was the normal combination I would go to as my number two. Sometimes thrown in Kenny the Jet as my number one yeah. or number two with Olajuwon. And that's not something probably to point out. Like you didn't have to. These are we said these two players. You could go in and customize and pick other players. I want to say there's usually three or four options from each team to right. to put on there. So my bench are. Stockton and Malone, and Mullen and Hardaway, um, for different reasons. I think, you know, Stockton and Malone, you could always, it, just basically kind of how they played. With Stockton, you take up the court, you get it to Malone under the hoop, and he'd make it every time. Mullen and Hardaway, again, both of those guys pretty much make it from anywhere. Uh, and then my cuts were Barkley, Marley, and Wilkins, Ogman. Basically for no other reason than I just never played as those guys. Not right. that against them. I'm sure they're great NBA Jam teams. Yeah. I just never chose them. So that's why they are my cuts. Excellent. I will start with my cuts. Sure. I'm going to go the Rockets. Hakeem and Kenny Smith. And I never really played with them. I'm like, eh. Hakeem's kind of a big lumbering guy, which is great. He's great in regular basketball, but I didn't know that he was NBA Jam worthy. Right. Maybe I missed the boat on that one. Um, and the other one, I'm really, I'm gonna put this. Ooh, this is tough, but I'm gonna put um, Dominique Wilkins and Stacy Ogman down there on the cut. Dominique's fun because he's got some cool dunks. Ogman defends really well. And it's pretty athletic, but I don't think they stack up to the top four I have. Right. So my sits, um, Barkley and Marley. Marley's a dead shooter. Shoots the ball great. Barkley's the dunker. Um, I'm going to put Miller and Shrimp there. Like you said, Irv, Miller's shooting the ball. It doesn't matter who's with him. Reggie's going to shoot it, and he's probably one of the best shooters in this game. And then I'm going to start Malone Stockton because I feel like that combo is so iconic in the NBA. I have to start them. And Mullen Hardaway because Mullen is a lot like Miller as a shooter. And I think Hardaway is a better complement to that. Actually, with those two, I don't know who's complementing the other. I right. think they're right. both pretty even. That's, that's a good point. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, I'm starting with my cuts. I'm going to cut Wilkins Ogman just like, like you did just because... Didn't play with them a lot. Wilkins we all had, three cut them. By the way. Wilkins had a great and you know. We, I do like that team. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, they. I've played with them a few times. Wilkins great dunks. Augman good enough to play, but just doesn't stack up to the other five. I feel like. And then, I don't ever remember playing with the Pacers, and so I'm gonna have to cut Miller Shrimp uh, from what you guys said, and then 
when we went to up down Irv, you and I were the Pacers and played, and that, that was a good team. Yeah. And so, like you said, you do throw it to Reggie and just let him shoot from wherever he's at. But I didn't play with him enough, and so they've, that's got to be a cut for me. Uh, my bench, my sit is going to be Elijah Juan Maxwell or Elijah Juan Kenny Smith, whatever you whatever you say there. Um, I don't remember Elijah Juan, like John said, being a great player on this video game, but I do remember the Rockets being pretty good and highly rated. They were one of the higher rankings when they gave those numbers out there. And then, in real life, if this was real life basketball, there's no way I'd sit this duo. But in the game, I don't. There was nothing that stuck out about Stockton Malone. Stockton wasn't a great shooter. Like you could pull up with some of these guys and just shoot, and they would automatically go in. And Malone was a good player with some good dunks, but wasn't great. And so yeah, assists probably are downgraded a little right. bit in an NBA. Jam. And so from an NBA Jam standpoint, I'm gonna actually sit Stockton Malone. My starters are gonna be Barkley Marley and Hardaway Mullen. And you, and you guys mentioned this, shooting's important. And I remember Marley and Mullen both. If once they would get hot, just pass it to him and he's hit, on fire. Hit the shoot button and that net caught on fire. And both those guys shoot. And this this is kind of the height of Charles Barkley's power. He won his NBA MVP that year, and so he was highly rated, a good player on the game. And then Tim Hardaway, just a, a good player. And so those are my other, starts. Other than Wilkins, Ogman, we had such variety amongst our... Yeah. Because I felt like there's a couple of those, like one of us had a sit, one of us had a cut, one of us had a start. Like So I, I think that's an interesting dynamic there, just that we all kind of went different directions. Well, a lot of it has to do with who we played. Absolutely. Know? So... No one wanted Blue Edwards and Brad Lawhouse? Apparently not. <laughs> nah, I'm good. For the yeah. world champion Bucks? We, we, you know, we mentioned Pippen and Grant got kind of like Sean Elliott and David Robinson were a great team, great combination that you could have had on that game. Uh, there was a, it wasn't the first version, but a Pippen-BJ Armstrong combo I remember too. See, yeah. I would almost have gone with that. Because again, going back to Dion's point about shooting, I mean, Pippen and Grant are great players, but... It's not like beyond the arc, they're going to be all that dangerous, whereas right. a B.J. Armstrong, y- y- yeah, he will be. Right. Uh, Sean Kemp and whoever he was with was always, that was when he was really good. So uh, was good later versions, he was with Detlef Shrimp with a Detlef. lot. Yeah, that's right. But I think in this version, it was Benoit Benjamin. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big lumbering centers, <laughs> it doesn't get much more big and lumbering than Benoit Benjamin. All right. Well, thank you for listening. As an FYI, it'll be a couple weeks before we release our next uh, podcast just because... This job thing gets in the way. The working gets in the way. It's, it's kind of dumb, yeah. really. If, if you guys would just you know have tell a few friends to listen to this, we could make our money making a podcast. I think you can do that. Oh, I think you can. I bet people do it, right? Uh, yes, they very so much Everybody do. tell a friend and then have that friend tell about 100 other friends. <laughs> so, uh, just 100. Just 100. And, so, and then uh, yeah, so on. we'll retire and right. take this up full time yeah. and have content all the time. I this love is it. Great stuff. Content, right? That's what it's called. I think so, yeah. So, until next time, adios.